A few more notes before we get into the show. Would really appreciate a rate and review five stars. Even if you don't want to write a review, you know, you don't want to hit type words, that's fine. Scroll down, just hit five stars while you're listening to this podcast. Goes a long way in helping me keep it free. Additionally, drafters.com. You will hear me mention drafters.com a bunch. I'm beginning to love this platform. I've been doing a ton of NFL best balls and a ton of PGA contests on their app. It's very smooth. Love it. Reminds me of a former app that was bought out and no longer exists that I really used to love. But anyway, if you want to play in these PGA tier contests or this NFL best ball championship that they have going on over there, the best way to do it to start out is to use the promo code PAT at deposit and you will get 50% added to your first initial deposit. So if you deposit $100, they're going to give you 100 and 50 to play with. Can't beat that. All right, now let's get into the show. You are listening to The Riding NFL DFS Podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to The Riding DFS and Betting Podcast, DraftKings PGA Edition. If you are unaware, I split the DraftKings and betting portions of this podcast this week. Um, There was a lot to talk about. Um, I had a few more bets than normal due to getting some good odds on certain guys earlier in the week and month and just didn't want to put out an hour-long podcast where guys had to, you know, listen to me ramble about first-round leaders and outrights when you're not even in a state that offers it. Um, So... Thought I would split them this week. This is the DraftKings podcast. The betting podcast will be out uh, about the same time. They're just going to come out, boom, boom, um, pretty much recording them at the same time, but just splitting them into two episodes in case you don't want to listen to one or the other. All right, let's get into the DraftKings breakdown here the course, really quick, is a long par 70. They say it's going to be 7,200 yards, uh, about. I see 7,400. Um, you know, I listened to a podcast with Tom Smith, the general manager. He said it's probably going to play more like 7,400. Guys on the course, um, reporters, golfers, caddies are tweeting that it's going to play more like 7,600 with, you know, the swirling winds and some of the... Um, Tee boxes put in different spots, etc. Um, fairways are pinched to about 20 to 22 yards, according to the general manager. Um, basically, this course has only been used a few times, but it's going to look completely d- different than it ever has. It's going to play longer. It's going to play tougher. Um, the rough is ankle deep, apparently. I don't know if they're going to cut it between now and Thursday, just a little bit or anything like that. But they're really preparing for this to be a difficult course. I think the winning score is probably going to be in the single digits, maybe just creep into the 10s, and that will probably lend itself to needing to have you know, most of the guys in the top of the leaderboard. And that's because you know, if, we're, if you're not going to have an event that you know, the, the winner is 20 under and there's a bunch of people just making birdie after birdie, streak after streak, those position points mean a lot. 
Um, we saw it last week. I think the guy who won the Millionaire Maker or the $500,000 first didn't even have Justin Thomas um, because he had a ton of those guys um, that were, you know, 11, 12 under on, in his lineup, and he didn't even need Justin Thomas. That's exacerbated in some of the, the contests where guys are making, you know, like 30 birdies uh, in a week, and the winning score is 24 under. So that's not going to happen this week, at least I don't think, right? So the 30 points for first place, the 20 points for second place is going to be pretty critical. So I'm going to target um, golfers that I think will be able to navigate themselves around the golf course, um, save par, and really make it into that top 10, 20. Um, Those are the guys that are going to be in my player pool. Some weeks when I think it's going to be, you know, a really high scoring week, or I should say a real low scoring week, I'll throw a guy in that, you know, I think can make a ton of birdies. um, And, but, you know, sometimes makes a ton of bogeys. And, you know, even if he finishes 30th or 40th, he's up there in scoring, he's maybe like top 15 in scoring because of all the streaks and birdies. I don't think that's going to be the case this week. Um, So let's take a look at the model that I built. I will tell you everything that went into it. Um, For the most part, I put in, obviously, recent form. Um, I also put in par 70s um, of the exact length of TPC Harding Park. Um, So that is in there a little bit. Uh, Off the tee, fairways gain, driving distance, all things that I think are going to be very important this week because you cannot be wayward. Um, If you are in ankle-deep rough on every approach, that is not going to bode well. I did weight approach, obviously, most important stat every week. Let's see what else we put in there. Around the green, because if you do miss on approach, it's going to be important to get up and down. Um, I think, you know, you could ignore around the green game if you think a guy is supremely dialed in with their irons. And I think you can, if, if you know, if a guy's really good off the tee, you can somewhat ignore, um, or you could at least take guys that are not doing great on approach if their around the green game is good. You know, that, that kind of balances out. Let's see what else we looked at. A little bit of bent putting um, and then opportunities gained is one of my favorite stats on Fantasy National, which just basically um, pinpoints, you know, not just greens in regulation, but good greens in regulation, meaning they are, they're stuffing it close and they are, um, have a good shot, good opportunity for birdie, not just, you know, made it onto the, to the front lip of the green and still have a 50 foot putt. They're the ones that Guys that are gaining opportunities are the ones that are stuffing it close or are on in two on par fives and have eagle opportunities as well. So I'm just going to sh- uh, run down the top 10 in this model. Uh, a couple of guys in the 7Ks here. So top 10 in this model, and it's you're going to, if you already listen to the betting podcast, it's a lot of guys that I already have on my betting card. Um, so... That's kind of what drove my betting card this week, uh, coupled with the fact that there was already great numbers on these guys. Colin Morikawa rates out number one. He is a phenom. He's a local kid, um, just playing really well. He's up there in, you know, he rates out very highly in form, ball striking, fairways gained, opportunities gained, off the tee, like just across the board. Um Around the green might be the only thing, but at 8,600, he'll probably be extremely popular. So if you have Morikawa in your lineup, you're probably going to have to get a little bit different. 
somewhere else. And, you know, I wouldn't say that you have to fade chalk this week, guys, that you like. Just be wary of, um, you know, the dollar amount. I probably wouldn't, you know, if you have a guy that's super chalky, I wouldn't zero out my lineup. That'll probably lend itself to a duplication. And maybe just have another guy that you think is a little bit off the radar if you're playing multiple guys that you think um, are going to be popular. JT second. JT's always going to rate out high in models. He just, you know, he's a beast um, statistically. He's unbelievable around the greens, unbelievable ball striker, gains strokes off the tee, stuffs it close, hits it a mile. Um, so JT is up there. Third is Berger. Um, I don't know. I mean, I faded him last week and he bit me. Um, looked like he wasn't going to look like he was, you know, if, if there was a, if there was a cut, he might not have made the cut. He played so bad on Thursday, but stormed back, looked great. Came top three, I think, um, at the St. Jude almost was able to take it down. If he had, you know, if, if they played another three holes, he was, um, you know, on fire to end the weekend. He might've been able to catch JT and Brooks. But, you know, he's first in form since the restart, um, just dominating. He hits fairways, he hits the ball far enough, he gains opportunities, his approach is, you know, despite that weird flat swing plane, is very solid. Fourth is Victor Hovland. You know, he's kind of rounding out of form, um, but I'll still have a piece of him, especially at 65 to 1 um, uh, betting. John Rahm is fifth. I think I'm going to be heavy on John Rahm this week, mainly because he's a guy that hits fairways um, when he's on, right? If you sort by driving distance, which is going to be important this week, most of the guys don't hit fairways or hit fairways less regularly, right? They are, and that, you know, when you hit the ball a mile, you're going to hit fairways a little bit less than your counterparts that aren't hitting it a mile. Um, But Rahm is up there in both. Matsuyama, you know, he rates out highly, but holy moly, the putter is absolutely abysmal. Um, You know, I just can't even watch him putt. It's hard to watch him putt. And he also does not, he's also not very accurate off the tee, which worries me. Even though he's six in this model, I think I'm not going to have much Hideki. Um, You know, maybe if he starts putting with his 60 degree, like Robert Streb did uh, five, six years ago, and... Um, you know, made like five birdies on the back nine with his his wedge. Maybe Hideki should try that. Uh, Tiger Woods is seventh. Paul Casey is eighth. I'll be going back to Paul Casey. Um, didn't really have a ton of them when everybody was on him the last few weeks. Uh, did bet him two weeks ago. But I think now that everybody's off him and he rates out eighth in this model, I will be going back to him. Russell Henley, ninth. Okay, at 6,600 on DraftKings, first in approach, um, hits fairways, you know, great ball striker in general, and is good around the greens, I will take him. He's not a long hitter, though. So the long irons uh, are going to have to be on for Henley. And then Abraham Answer, a guy that, uh, if you've listened to the betting podcast already, you know that I have an outright ticket on Answer at 65 to 1. Call me a slappy, call me whatever you want. He is, a, in my mind, a top 20 player in the world right now, even though he's ranked 23rd in the, in the official world golf rankings. He hits fairways. He hits the ball long enough. His approaches uh, are good enough uh, at this point. Um, he's actually a pretty good putter. 
His form is there. He rates out well enough for me in par 70 courses. I mean, there's really nothing, aside from, you know, being a little bit below average around the green, but not alarmingly uh, below average. I mean, this sets up really well for answer. 7,700, he might be my highest owned player um, in the 7Ks this week. In fact, I think he will be. So that is the top 10. Morikawa, Thomas Berger, Hovland, Rahm, Matsuyama, Woods, Casey, Henley, and answer. And, you know, I did say I was going to fade Hideki, but I'll probably have a, a few. I, I, I can't. I can't fade a guy that comes sixth in a in a statistical model that I created no matter what. So I'll have a little bit of Matsuyama. There won't be a fade there. All right, let's go through the salary ranges up top. Okay, so in order... Uh, Rom, Rory, JT, <clears throat> Brooks, Bryson are, I mean, if, if we're including Xander in that, I'll go Xander, Rom, Rory, JT, Brooks, Bryson. But I think I'm going to spread the wealth here. Um, I don't, I, I think I'm going to take a more prudent stand towards the bottom and have a little bit more of a sprinkling up top. Um, a lot of times I take a stand up top, you know, pick my only my two favorite 10 or 9K guys and then sprinkle around the bottom. I think I'm going to sprinkle around the top. Um, obviously, JT is just playing unbelievable. I don't think he, at that price, I don't think he's going to win back to back. He very well could, though. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I like Rory and Rom this week more so than Brooks and JT because of their accuracy off the tee. Um you know, they hit it far and they're also accurate. Brooks and JT hit it far, but they are they can tend to go to go wayward. I think they can both have, you know, too many approaches out of the long rough. So I like Rory and Rom. Same thing with, with Bryson. You know, he can he tends to go a little bit too wayward. Now if he dials it back, if he realizes that he would be better suited, you know, um, hitting the ball far, but, you know, not absolutely uncorking it and bringing a ton of rough into play. Maybe he does well, but Xander, Rory, and Rom are my three favorites from the 10K range, basically because they are guys that I think are going to avoid the penal rough this week the most. And I actually think they're going to be um, aside from Xander, I think Ram and Rory are going to be less owned than, than JT and Brooks. So that is something that I like to see. I'm off Webb this week. I'm off Cantley this week. I just think Cantley, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, be surprised if he makes a solid run this week, but I think his ownership is just going to be too much for me. Um, Webb, he just doesn't hit the ball far enough for me. And he has looked, you know, not great off the tee in general. Um, and has, you know, just not impressed me. Tiger was in the top 10 of the model, but I'm probably going to be supremely underweight on him. You know, the back worries me. Uh, the health in general worries me, especially on a course that's long. You know, if he tries to really rip some drives, he might, uh, you know, not be able to even finish the weekend. Then this next range is where it's at. So this high 8K... Um, Berger, Morikawa, Hovland, and DJ are going to, you know, make up a lot of my second guy in. Maybe even second and third guy in. Um, you know, I'm going to have some Ron, I'm going to have some Roy, I'm going to have some Xander up top. But then the second 
and third guy in is going to be from that range of DJ Berger, Morikawa, and Hovland. They all rate out well. Um, I know I already went through it. First, third, and fourth, Morikawa, Berger, Hovland. DJ rates out 39th, but that's, um, you know, that's because of his, you know, a tendency to be a little bit wayward off the tee, but I think his distance is going to make up for that. If he was up in the 10Ks, he'd be another guy that I probably wasn't all over, but the fact that he can be the second or third guy in at 9K, uh, I'm on DJ there. Um, And I think, you know, with his recent struggles, even though he played well at St. Jude, he'll have a little bit less ownership, I hope. Um, From there, I'm going to drop down to Terrell Hatton. He is pretty accurate off the tee. And that's what I like to see. He's like middle of the pack in fairways gain, but he's been lightning lights out uh, with his irons since the restart. He is fifth in recent form. He's a great ball, just a great pure ball striker. And at 8K, I love that price. This next range gets tricky. Um, Matthew Fitzpatrick, the more I talk bad about him, the better he plays. But I think he's just so overrated at this point. Um, I know he has had some good finishes as of late on this course. I think, however, it's going to suit him, which which pains me to say. Um, he's very supremely accurate off the tee. And, you know, he's not a long hitter, but he's not, you know, a Brendan Todd, Jim Furyk short hitter either. So, and his form is there. So I'll have some Fitzpatrick. I'm probably not going to be on Dave Fowler uh, in that 84 you know, 83, 84 range there. Also out on Patrick Reed. He just hasn't, uh, I mean, lately his irons haven't been great and his accuracy off the tee um, is is usually not good in general. So no thanks there. Um, I'll be in on Woodland just, you know, based on the fact that he can hit those stingers and He's just very good at steering the ball off the tee and putting himself in different spots that he wants uh, to put himself in. He's been good at approach since the restart and long term. Um, Doesn't always gain strokes off the tee, but at 7,900, I'm willing to take a shot that this is a week, then he can can find some fairways. Um, Adam Scott, obviously, if I have an outright on him, he's going to be in my DraftKings player pool, I know. He's a guy that can really save himself around the greens. So, and his distance is there off the tee. And then this range is a range that I'm going to be all over, guys. This high seven range. Uh, I love Rose. I love Answer, Fleetwood, um, Speeth, even. I think, you know, Speeth pops on par 70 courses, which is something that long par 70 courses, which I don't really know why. Uh, but. You know, if the putter's hot, Spieth will be there. And, you know, it goes against my make sure you have guys that are going to hit fairways because Spieth's off the tee game is absolutely atrocious. Like, you can't even... It's tough to find anything uh, redeemable about his off the tee game. It's just not good. Um, You know, he hits it decently far. Uh, He's not one of the furthest hitters by any means, but, you know, just some really wayward shots off the tee. Uh, but he's a guy that can kind of save himself once he gets up to the green, around the green with the putter, with, you know, the wedges. So I'll have some speed. I will. 
Um, and that's not usually the case for me. Okay, dipping down into the mid to low sevens, Casey and Lowry. Obviously, I already mentioned Casey's top eight in the model. I think he'll be a low owned. Lowry, you know, there's there is definitely a a theme here. I am on a lot of the Europeans. The swirling winds this week, um, you know, the long rough, it just sounds like Europeans will have some success here. Um, that said, I don't like Mark Leishman. Uh, T game's just not good enough, period. Chez, all over Chez, he'll probably be super popular. So if you have like Morikawa and Chez in a lineup, just, you know, you might as well just plan on hacking the million with 26 other guys. Uh, Bubba, my man, Bubba, off the tee. Uh, you know, if he's hitting those, if he's shaping those shots into the fairway, I think Bubba can really do some damage. Um, he's been solid enough uh, with his approach game, his ball striking in general, uh, but the distance and, you know, the creativity, I think Bubba is at 7,400, a guy that I'll be in on. Um, let's see who else we got here. Ah, oh, man. Why doesn't Billy Horschel rate out well? thought I'd be in on Billy Horschel this week, but he is not very high in the model. I guess his approaches haven't been great. Um, his around the green game is so good. You know what? I'm in on Billy Horschel, even though... The model puts him, you know, in the 50s out of 150 or 160, however many guys are in this field. I'm in on Horschel. I think, you know, he's accurate. His his off-the-tee game is pretty solid. And uh, with the off-the-tee game being solid, with the around-the-green game being solid, with the putter usually being solid for Horschel on bent, I think I'm going to overlook his below-average approach and think maybe, you know what, he... If he's on, he makes putts. If he doesn't hit the green, maybe he gets up and down. So Billy Ho, 7,400, just talked myself into him. Neiman and Scheffler, off the tee, guys. Uh, Neiman Neiman hits the ball far. Scheffler hits the ball far and pretty accurate. Scheffler is actually with Rahm and Xander, um, one of the guys that actually hits the ball far and pretty accurate. You know, Neiman can get a little wayward off the tee. But he is, you know, his approaches have been solid. He's just in in, in pretty good form. He plays par 70s well, um, ball striking in general for Neiman. And I'm a Neiman guy. You know, he's on my card, top 10, top 20, first-round leader, all that good stuff. Harris English, um, because of the T game, because of the form, because of uh, just the just the general form for English. I will be on him, the man of Streel, Kevin Streelman, because of his accuracy off the tee, uh, because of his recent form and just ball striking in general has been pretty solid. Kiz, because of his accuracy off the tee. Um, you know, there's going to be guys that even though if they don't hit it a mile, I think just being on the fairway, in the fairway this week is going to be very, very useful. So I like Kiz coming down into that low 7K range. Uh, Connors, because of his, you know, approach game, his form, um, his strokes gain off the tee is through the roof. 
Ryan Moore, uh, his, you know, he's going to hit every fairway. Ryan Moore is going to hit every single fairway this week. He may be far out. He may, um, you know, not, he may have long irons in, but if he can hit those long irons, he's going to be in position, a uh, better position than most this week, I think. From there, and now this is all the guys that I have as first round leader or top 20s that I'm going to be in on under 7K, Doc Redman. You know, decent form, um, just great with the approach, gains a ton of opportunities, hits the ball straight. Um, Palmer's a little bit the opposite of Doc Redman, hits the ball longer than Redman, is a little bit less accurate, but, you know, plays par 70s well. His ball striking numbers um, have been great since the restart as well. Schwab, you know, everybody was on him at the uh, Barracuda. I wasn't, and he he ended up, um, you know, choking a little bit uh, on Sunday. Didn't really do too well, which you don't like to see when a bunch of guys are on a on a guy like Schwab. You you want to see the community hit, but um, I'll be on him. Uh, actually, might go first round leader now that I think about it on the Schwab man. He is just good across the board. Not a great putter, but everything else is just, you know, above average. Um, I could see him doing pretty well. Joel Dahman, uh, I mean, I, I listened to an interview with him and his caddy, and he kind of was just saying, like, how he just, he doesn't know if he has the drive to be, like, a top-tier player on the tour. And I'm paraphrasing here, but basically he said he's happy with, like, just plodding along getting top 40s and and just you know cashing his checks um which is a bit concerning of a statement uh from a guy that you're investing money in but i'll have a little bit of of him he rates out high enough as a 6k guy in the model that i'll have him Grio, i mean just get the putter working and Grio's the man he is accurate off the tee amazing with the long irons um you know so you know accurate off the tee and then a long iron in have no worries about Grio. um if you miss if he starts missing greens he can be real shitty around the green so that's not great but the putter if it gets hot he can be someone that that pops luke list lucas glover the two lukies luke list lucas glover i'm in on and i'm just going to go through these quick obviously henley and varner i'm all about uh, Russ Henley, I think I'm going to add to my first round leader as well. Duff hits the ball straight. Nick Taylor hits the ball straight. So these, that they'll be in like, you know, if this course ends up, Tyler Duncan hits the ball dead straight. So, you know, Duffner, Taylor, and, and Duncan are guys that I think will be, um, in my lineups because of that, you know, so like if the, if the course does not play as long as expected for some reason, you know, maybe the winds die down or the tees aren't as far back as initially thought. And this is like a true 7,200 par 70, and you really just need to be accurate and have solid long irons. Then guys like Duffner, guys like Tyler Duncan, guys like Nick Taylor could have, uh, and guys like Emiliano Grillo could have a legitimate shot so they'll be in the player pool um, for that reason all right that will do it for the DraftKings edition make sure you check out the betting edition if you have not two different podcasts this week um 
in case you were only interested in one or the other. Good luck in all your DraftKings contests. Good luck with all your outrights, first round leaders, top 10s, top 20s, etc. But most of all, enjoy watching the first major of 2020. I will talk to you next week. You are listening to The Riding NFL DFS Podcast with Pat James.